0: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to the recap of week two for the chicago bears 2023-2024 season with the trio of positivity podcast i am your host or your co-host cj alongside my other one half one third actually of the Positivity Brigade Brigade. Uh Mr. Miller. Miller, how are you today?
1: A lot of stumbling with your words there. I feel like you've been drinking. just uh, i I mean, I cannot deny that after what we just watched earlier today. On another man. note, I feel like we can just make that our intro music to this section of our I, podcast I agree. Because I, I mean, think we're gonna do it's that. It's not gonna get much better. It's not gonna get much better throughout the year. I mean, so might as well just keep it.
0: We've been one minute in, and I guess you can already tell the positivity is not really there for the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have gone ahead and lost against the supposed easy opponent of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 27-17. We're going to give you a nice little recap and our opinions on the game. And you know what? We're just going to come off hot. Last time we kind of went a little bit long with going over the drives. Didn't bother doing that today because this was going to be a quick one anyway. So we'll just go ahead and give you what we feel is a quick rundown. Justin Fields went 16-29 for 211 yards, threw two interceptions and was sacked six times. His counterpart, Baker Mayfield, went 26-34 of 34 for 317 yards, did not get sacked once with one touchdown. Mike Evans getting 6 receptions for 171 yards. Our his counterpart DJ Moore, welcome to the Chicago Bears. 6 receptions, 104 yards. We're going to go ahead and get six takeaways and I'm going to start us off with the main takeaway. Justin Fields, our number 1 quarterback struggled yet again <clears throat> throwing two interceptions and I will say we, he did give an opening drive score good for him. Um, but he just didn't look comfortable. I don't know. I, I can't put words to it. He, he didn't look like a franchise quarterback.
1: I watched a lot of football today, which is a positive. I loved it. And I would say, Every single quarterback that I watched today looks more comfortable than Justin Fields on on the field against Tampa. With that being said, you're not giving him enough credit. Okay, we're going to cover this in details and length today. But he started off hot, multiple uh, um, throws, scoring a touchdown on the opening drive. Um, his two interceptions. We can sit here and make excuses all we want. So we're going to do that. The first one. That he threw you you, you. you can do that. Let's just. I can do that. The first one he threw was just. It was a bad play call. Let's be honest. You don't run no. a screen in the middle of the field with all those people around. It was just a stupid play. Yes, he needed to put more air under it. I get it, but you don't run a screen in the middle of the field in that situation. It's just idiotic when you're six yard. You're on your own six. Like, come on. And then the second one, I thought Chase Claypool was supposed to be a decent wide receiver, but apparently he can't outduel a defensive back with his hands because earlier in the game he almost had an interception taken out of his hands, and then here the ball is literally in his hands, and the defensive back just wants it more. Like what the hell? So yes, he threw two interceptions. He did do some positives, um, that we'll get to in our in our section. But um, you're right, the the For me, it wasn't the interceptions as much as it was the uncomfortability, which is probably not even a word, and also the time in the pocket. Offensive line had issues more in the second half than in the first half, in my opinion, but in the first half, he got sacked four times. Three times in the first half was directly related to him holding the ball too much. I don't know what the f- what the hell is going through his mind. Why he's not making splitter- split split uh, decisions quickly, or or what? But seeing him just sit in the pocket for it seems like four to five seconds, just scanning the field, it's just absurd. You got to get the ball out. Let alone when you show replays of DJ Moore wide open in the in the flat or running across. It's just like, fuck, dude, come on.
0: I, I I will agree and that's something that we're going to get into and in our another takeaway about the screenplay. Um I was not on Twitter to kind of talk about the game because I'll say it, Twitter was awful on the Bears today. Um anything you looked at on Twitter was just not supportive. I will agree with you on that. Um, we're going to dive more into some, into fields, but the one thing I, I think you even want to point out is him not being comfortable in the pocket is a lot more noticeable. I don't know how he's trying to do his reads to each and every, um, position, um, got some more yards, got some more, um, targets. He had six today. Uh, he was third in targets uh, amongst the wide receivers and uh, tight ends and whatnot. So, I mean, I, I said it before my prediction that Comet was going to be one of the top tight ends. And it's not looking that way because they're not really util- utilizing them correctly, but we digress. We're only talking about this recap. Maybe we'll talk more about it on our next episode, but I want to give it to you Miller. Uh, what's your second takeaway that you want to discuss?
1: One takeaway that you, you- can't get away from because it was mentioned throughout the first half is the injuries that took place to Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker. Now, Brisker did end up coming back into the game. It looks like he had some sort of illness, probably heat related. I know the humidity was really high down there playing in 90 degree weather. Playing in Tampa is always difficult. Um, I think that's kind of what happened with Brisker. Eddie Jackson did hurt hit it hurt his foot. Um, not sure on the severity of that uh he was out the entire game so obviously the safeties it was not a pretty situation while the backups weren't completely torn up it wasn't it wasn't great back there let's just to say the least um another injury to keep an eye on that happened later in the game is Darnell Mooney got hurt another injury for our supposed former number 1 receiver who didn't do much today um but thankfully uh, everything came back negative on him so it's less severe than uh, originally thought so hopefully not a long-term thing and hopefully we can get back on the field so injuries play a part in every game as we know um with the bears it seems to take a forefront more often than not which is sad but injuries are never an excuse you got to go out there 53 men on the field got to go out there and execute and maybe one of these weeks they will
0: yeah, um, I think there was a point where they were talking about. I think both safeties were, were or was it both corners and and even the broadcast was like, who that, who are they gonna put in there now? Kind of deal. So uh, that was very concerning. Um, I, I I do think that's gonna lead me into my next takeaway. Um, there, there's really not much I can add on injuries because we all know how we I feel about Jackson and at the same time injuries are a part of the game but i i do think that's going to be very concerning if uh if these guys are not healthy to to keep playing but my third takeaway same as as the last recap is is the coaches they are becoming predictable continuously we've had more screen plays we've had more play action plays we are not pushing fields out of the pocket on purpose. We're letting them stay in the pocket and it's, it's causing fields to, you know what? I'll go ahead and say it. I think the coaches are not helping make fields comfortable. I know that we have O line issues. Um, I think even our, our running backs are becoming more blockers than anything else. Uh, from what I've been seeing in the past, um, it just the coaches are just not learning i i don't i don't know what the right word to say about the coaches except they're becoming too predictable and even on some of the defensive plays um i think we just need to since we can't tackle the quarterback anyway um we're we're just we're just going to have to be like a zone team i don't know i don't know yeah.
1: how today was an interesting day um because alan williams who's our defensive coordinator was actually out for personal reasons um so iber was in charge of the defense if you will it is his scheme so he knew what he was doing um the defense had its and ups and downs that we'll talk about here in a second But offensively, I get what you're saying. Some bad play calls were done, specifically that goal line screen that I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, I'm not fully on board with what you're saying about the screenplays. Screenplays are a part of the game, dude. Every freaking team runs it. If you put it in the hands, if they have blocking on the outside, Miller, then it gets it done. So what you should be focusing on is the lack of blocking on the exterior. On the- Miller, you, you are
0: 100% right. And you know you know people call me the troll of the Positivity Brigade. But if they know a screen is coming, why continue
1: to call it? They, That's- they passed the ball down the field, dude. Come on. They were not as bad as the first game. Ball did go down the field. There were several times where um it was missed. The screen game was done. It wasn't as overdone as it was last week. Um, but I, I, I understand where you're coming from as far as the, it seems like the defense knows what's coming a lot of the time. Um, the defensive front is there heavy right at him. The running backs aren't getting much. I don't think we average much. I think we only averaged, we averaged less than a hundred rushing yards. Um, so, but the coaching, it was, it was an interesting and I don't know. I don't know, man.
0: It's sad it's sad because we even said it during during our episode. Well, two of the three brigade members said it. I felt like the game was gonna be a blowout. It was very close to being a blowout. I almost got the score spot on. I was off by uh uh one one of each team, essentially, so like a field goal and a touchdown. Um the the this team is just not very good. And all of these expectations that were coming in, it, it's it's getting worse. And 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 Tampa has been known to be like a 50-50 crowd when it comes to Bear fans. You can kind of hear a lot of the Bear crowd support after that first drive. And, and then it was just like we were watching it at home. I don't know. This team just doesn't do anything to get me excited. But speaking of which, it's going to go into our fourth takeaway. Someone we actually had a discussion about. Uh, Miller, tell us about Mister Claypool.
1: We had a Claypool sighting, ladies and gentlemen. We had a Claypool
0: sighting.
1: <laughs> Chase Claypool had what did he have? How many targets did that guy had? He had what three? I think three uh, targets, I three will catches tell you and right three now. targets.
0: He was um, uh, no. <laughs> he had three catches, eight targets. Eight targets. Oh. He
1: led the I'm going team. To back in targets. To what you said last week about Kamat. I didn't realize he threw the ball to him eight times. Um right. But but 36 yards um on three catches, and one was a beautiful come on. Even you have to admit it as a field hater, it was a perfect was a NFL throw. throw. He, he whipped it right between the corner and the safety. I think it even got tipped a little bit by the safety, but uh, Claypool was able to hang on for a twenty-yard touchdown pass, so that was nice to see. He, Fields gives you those glimpses, right? Um, so that was nice. In addition to that, uh, it was even highlighted on the broadcast the blocking that Claypool came out with this time compared to last, and he seemed a little more fired up. More, um, you know what? Props,
0: props to Claypool. He took all that shit. That I'm sure his coaches gave him, that Twitter gave him, and he's like, I want to show them that I at least give a fuck. Good on you,
1: Claypool. Good on you. He blocked out all the noise. Come on, he blocked out all the noise. That's that's what they say. That's what they say. That was
0: that was a fuck you. I'm gonna
1: prove you guys that I at least give a fuck. That's what it was. We'll see. Still not worth a second round pick, but I will say, even though even though we're gonna discuss Claypool and. The positive aspects to him, like I mentioned earlier, his hands are concerning, man. He gave away one interception, almost another interception because he lost the hand battle with a DB. Like, come on, man. be better than that. You got to go after those balls. Catch them. Get up, get those hands, and use your ability. You're bigger. You're supposed to be a big wide receiver. You're supposed to be able to box these people out. Don't have fields hesitating to throw you the ball because he's scared that you're not going to be able to out fight a defensive back. So be better than that. But it was nice to see him out there and actually contributing to the game for once.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I like, are we at the point that the more that Twitter shits on these players, they just play better the following week. We do have Kansas city coming up. Um, Maybe the trio of positivity will give a, Good job, Claypool. Way to stick it up there. I don't know. Maybe we need to be that encouraging. Um, however, with that encouragement of that takeaway, we are now going to continue with CJ's favorite takeaway that is consistent. It is the defensive miscues. The Bears can't tackle.
1: They can't. I don't. They can't, they can't do I it in front of the, line of the scrimmage. I don't know what other way to say
0: it. I want to read something. Shout out to our friend um Brian who we have on our on our um on our group chat if i can find it i i believed it was along the lines of the fundamentals are are being seen they are not brother they are not the fact that we couldn't sack baker fucking mayfield and it's not like their offensive line was great our linemen went through. We hit Madden's favorite gaps,
1: the A and the
0: B. We hit them. We just couldn't do shit after.
1: Yeah, give give him a break. I I think Baker before the game some had some of Michael's special stuff. You know how they did it in space. Oh my Jam. god, yeah. Because yeah. Baker looked more like Justin Fields has in the past than Justin Fields did because Justin only had like three yards rushing and Baker was out there doing whoop whoop pull a little put that little hip in his step and he was all over the place. Um it was sad. It's as as shitty it is to start this podcast talking about Justin Fields and how he had a mediocre to subpar game. The bottom line is when you don't get a sack or a turnover you're probably not going to win any game in the NFL. And that's exactly what our defensive did. The defense got there. I will say that. Nagakwe got there, I think, twice. Couldn't take him down either time. There was another time where he was basically being tripped up and he made a nice sidearm pass completion. That was embarrassing. But it was just like the defense was just getting demolished in all sense of the word. I mean... These guys had 292 yards before halftime. Um, they ended. They didn't get six, but let's see. They ended at. Um, they ended at 437 yards total. Um, which I mean, it's it's a lot, but it's not egregious. The first half, obviously, they got ran over. The second half was a little more contained, but. Um, the defense definitely was a problem. It just looked like Baker was Baker and Mike Evans, I should say, was just getting, doing whatever they wanted and, and just continuing Baker to looked good. Take advantage ba- of it. I said it last week. Baker looked Baker
0: looked good, and you guys criticized the amount of yards that he threw, and he threw almost a hundred more yards than Justin Fields.
1: <sighs> I and- refuse to say Baker looks good.
0: You refuse. He had, you know what his quarterback rating was? Because someone, someone on Twitter brought that up last week. I don't remember what it was, but they were talking about Fields' QBR rating. Like, like if that fucking, the QBR rating is dog shit. No one gives a shit. But if people want to use that metric, Baker Mayfield's QBR was 114. Fields was 61.
1: Well, QBR is better for Fields because I believe it takes into consideration his rushing. Whereas the passer rating doesn't, so that's so, I think okay. Why they, so if I'm
0: looking at ESPN and I see the RTG, is that not their full rating? The RTG
1: is the passer rating. The QBR is that metric.
0: Oh, so then okay. So the so QBR I believe goes up to three point one. Yeah, I believe that it goes up to Baker one hundred. Okay, then either one Baker out
1: dominated. Well, uh, just Justin look at Fields. the stat. I mean, the one thing that Baker's doing is he isn't turning the ball over. And that's a credit to him because that's what he's had problems with in the past. But these mm-hmm. last first two games, they're just not turning the ball over. And, but you know what's um, another
0: thing that, and, and I know this is a Bears podcast, but we'll we'll kind of talk a little bit about this. They're running the ball very well. Like They're not getting big yards, but they uh, Rashad White had 73 yards. He carried 17 times for 4.3, like they, him alone had more rushing attempts than the bears combined, which is a problem, man.
1: Yeah. But it's a problem, but that's just a formula of big plays and, and short drives, right? So the first one, first drive, we had a few big plays scored pretty quickly and then we had multiple three and outs and then we had another, I mean, we didn't just have those long grueling drives like Tampa Bay did. Which is surprising. Our defense didn't crumble, um, even more than they they looked. But like we didn't have those long drives, so we didn't put a lot of running runs together. So I don't know. Um, the last thing I'll talk about, I'll touch on here is, um, what was it? Was it Khalil Herbert? No, I I we Herbert. we switched it.
0: We will go ahead and talk special teams. As our special teams, takeaways.
1: that's right. I wanted to talk Herbert, but Ooh, I said, no, which fuck that. I you team. want to
0: give Herbert a, a small tidbit, because I,
1: I would go ahead and give it, and then we can get into special teams. We'll but move yeah. into the positivity section. Okay. Special teams, give it up for them again. I had it last week. Last week I had them on this. And today, special teams, a blocked field goal. Um, They didn't drop a punt again.
0: They, they did, did not drop, drop a punt. A punt. You know what we need to have? We need to have that sign that says X amount of days without, uh, oh, yeah. without we, a dropped
1: punt. Without yeah, we, we got two weeks without a dropped punt. Two oh, weeks. Bayless Jones did make an appearance on that end around. That was a joke. But, yeah, the special teams, I, I mean, not only did we have the blocked punt, our kicker uh, came out and hit, I believe he hit a 56-yarder, which I thought was pretty impressive when everybody talks about the strength in his leg. Uh, Cairo came out, or 52-yard, sorry, a 52-yard field goal, which was a pretty big field goal after two big mistakes by by fields. I mean, you just can't get sacked there. and You get back-to-back sacks um, to push us from probably about a 42, 40-yard 40 field goal to a 52. So Cairo came up big in that spot. So special teams definitely did did good. It's like the the lone bright spot on this team so far.
0: Yeah, I I will say um our punter seems to be getting a lot of work. Um he had one inside the 20 out of the 5. Um he's averaging 46 uh which kind of feels a little bit low in my opinion from like the average, but it it also depends on the placement and stuff. I know that's going to get into it. Um Cairo Santos hit a 52 yarder. Um So it's it's yeah. You know, it's 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 a takeaway. We'll 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 give it a takeaway. Uh, now that we got that, the six takeaways of the Bears losing with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is now time for some positives, which half of us on this platform currently agree with. Miller, what do you have a positive for, Mister Justin Fields?
1: Although he didn't have the greatest game in the world. Although he made some some mistakes, the bottom line is Justin Fields has back to back 200 yard games. You heard me, 200 yard games. We're celebrating 200 yard games, and why is that? Because he had two 200 yard games all of last season. So that's why we're celebrating. He's officially met. Ma- has met has met his mark of last season. So um, while Justin may not have had the greatest game, they're at least throwing more. He's getting more yards, and it's good to see. Even though it's a little incremental growth, he's no three hundred yard games yet. Yet you heard that, but uh, but it's a start. Cause you got to take the positivity where it is, and and that's that's positive. Don't care. <laughs> I. Don't
0: honestly give two shits that he threw two hundred. It doesn't feel yeah. like he threw two hundred.
1: It doesn't feel like it that's it, if you think about that first drive, it does. He had like sixty seventy yards on that first drive, which is sad that he only got to two hundred ten. But thank but, you. So there you, were some gave- analysts out there. So there were some analysts that really talked about the growth of Justin. Some of them even said, just give me eight two hundred yard games. And that would be considered Wait,
0: a Wait, Why? 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 Why eight? They didn't didn't people say he was going to throw for three um, thousand?
1: He said four thousand.
0: Or yeah, four thousand. Like, like, come on. Or, or he was supposed to be an MVP candidate. Remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see if we ever get back to that conversation. Which far from it right now.
0: if you if you type Justin Field on Twitter right now, the top post, the top post that you type on it, it says. A disappointing start for the season for Bears quarterback Justin Fields, despite being considered by some an MVP candidate entering the season entering the season through two games, 40 of 66 passing, two touchdown passes, one rush, three interceptions, four hundred and twenty-seven yards. He then led he then says, Was it a mistake by the Bears to trade the first overall pick to the Panthers in right fields? This is from DOV Dov Kleinman.
1: Oh. I wonder how much how many times that question's going to come up?
0: And then someone posted, who was considering him an MVP candidate? I need names. Literally you Google, you have Fox sports saying that uh, the betters are backing him.
1: I mean, like I talked about in a previous episode, he got votes for MVP last year. It, it wasn't out of the question when you have a dynamic runner like that, when you have someone that could put up 700, 800 yards on the ground. They don't need to throw for four thousand dollars, four thousand yards to be in the MVP conversation. You just need to throw in the low threes like Lamar did. So it's it's not unreasonable to have him in that conversation. Now the way he started was not good. Today he did not have those rushes, but we're focusing on the positives in the positive section and said positive is the fact that he has as many two hundred yard passing games this year as he had all of last year. And so that's what we're what saying. Positive.
0: So what we're saying is when. Fields has no expectations, he exceeds. And then when we have expectations, he's okay to crumble. That's what that's what I'm basically getting out of this whole thing.
1: What? What, what are you yeah. talking about?
0: So when he we had no expectations of Fields, he gets MVP votes. But now because we want him to be an MVP, it's okay for him to be less than great. I'm, just, I'm saying that he's
1: doing better this year at passing than he did last year.
0: I don't know. I think I think this is going to be a topic that's going to happen every week. And you know what's the sad part is that if next week when the Bears beat the Chiefs, he's still going to get criticized some way or another. He's still going to get criticized. We're going to go into our last positive because, like we said before, there wasn't too many Miller.
1: DJ Moore has finally arrived. Yes, he has. We said it after last week. How do you, How does this guy have two targets? Well, guess what? He had two targets on the first drive of the game, and that ended in a touchdown, mainly because of his after-the-catch ability. Um, I think he walked walked away with that drive for, with like 60 yards or something like that. So it was quick. They got him the ball. They got him the ball often. There was some periods, though, where they didn't, and we're like, where the hell is this guy? Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't even think he ended yeah. the, the day with the most targets on the team. He was one behind Chase Claypool, which should never happen in my opinion. But six catches, 104 yards. He's he's dynamic. He's good. Get the ball in his fucking hand. I don't care. See, I'm not like you. I don't give a shit if it's a screen. Give him the fucking ball because he can make plays. Let him, let him make plays because the quarterback obviously can't. Wow. So you're, okay. I am going to
0: skip that part because that is something I would say. But sure as shit, CJ says it he gets shit on but someone else in our group chat says it oh it's it's okay it's not like we're going to do that listen we all kind of were there's a couple people that were iffy iffy 50-50 on on DJ Moore this is what i believe this is going to be the game that is going to help the offense kind of get a little bit together main piece being Kansas City if you want all of this negativity to be turned around you have to play if we if we lose to the chiefs Granted, I'm saying we're not going to lose, but if we lose, fire sale is coming, I believe. I think it's going to be a lost cause on this. However, DJ Moore will become a spotlight on this team as long as he gets the ball. So I'm glad we got to see a couple glimpses. Also, random shout-out, Mike Evans going fucking nuts. Everyone thought that it was going to be a downer year for him because of Tom Brady retiring. The guy popped off in six receptions, 171 yards. He pushed off. I don't care what anyone else says.
1: Oh, 100%. That was he bad. That was bad. It, it, but you know you it's know, bad when you know the know when announcers He, didn't push, to...
0: off? he huh? didn't
1: push off on that fucking 60-yard pa- touchdown pass or whatever that was. No. That was nice. He did nice. off on that one. He did not. But
0: that one where he got tired and had to get back, I think it was a, a rushing touchdown that might have been afterwards on his on his reception. But... He he pushed off. So the refing on this so, the refing on this game. The, um, the ref was just
1: right there too, like in the screen just watching. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's that Stevenson.
0: That's just a veteran thing too. That's a veteran thing where it's like, you know what? We'll let you have one. Um, no, you don't do that. Come on. <laughs> uh I will say though, um did Mooney play?
1: I don't know when he got hurt, to be honest with you. I know okay. he
0: started the game. Okay, because it—if he got hurt, then that explains it. But I, I, I feel like DJ Moore, Comet, Mooney are are three people um, that we want to talk about as far as like a takeaway. But we'll go ahead and do that last takeaway or the last positivity that we have, and then we'll get into our our positive ratings as we're gonna end this episode. You want to give
1: it up to Mr. Herbert, Khalil Herbert. He didn't have a huge game. Uh, he only had like thirty-five yards, seven carries. I obviously, Chris or CJ touched on the um, Who? coaching or producer. Uh, uh, CJ touched on the the coaching earlier, but the running, the run pass balance wasn't there. Khalil did have seven rushes for thirty-five yards, nothing special. But there there was a moment there at the end of the. Th- third quarter where he seemed to take the team on his back and just kind of push us towards getting back into this game. And they kind of did for a second, but um, just a quick shout out there. Everyone's been kind of counting him down and with Deontay Foreman being a um, inactive today, it was him and Roshan Johnson and they didn't do anything too special, but then again, they didn't really get too many opportunities to do so. I mean, they averaged about uh, six and a half yards per carry between them, which is pretty good. But when you only get 11 carries in a game between both of them, it's hard to make a real impact, unfortunately. But Khalil Herbert, big shout out there. I know I have my doubts on whether you can be a number one running back, but he had his moments today. So with that,
0: we now are gonna talk about our week two positivity rating. Week one was a cluster with stepdaddy taking care of us. I gave it a one. I tried to go as low as low with a zero. I believe I ended up sticking with a one. If I can go lower than one, I, I would. Um we're just gonna stick to one at this point. I'm not a hundred percent positive. The sad part about all of this that I feel is happening is the coaches are not what we expect them to be. I know there was some issues with some coaches not showing up and whatnot or or doing like uh personal stuff or whatever. I think that's a bigger story in its own. I think that's gonna be something that's gonna be reported during the week uh Don't be surprised if there's some coaching changes made uh in the next three weeks if if we continue this this trend. But uh, Miller,
1: what do you have for your positivity rating? I got to drop it, man. I was at a three last week. I said this was a must-win. Back-to-back must-win games, I said. Green Bay and now Tampa both must-win. Guess what? You don't deliver. And they weren't even in the game, to be honest. Sure, there was moments where they're within one score, but realistically, Tampa. Tampa owned the Bears today specifically offensive aside. Um, but just going back to a two, I'm just really starting to doubt the direction of this team, starting to doubt Justin Fields. Is he going to be our guy? I'm going to maintain that if we are in the top five draft picks, we are going to be getting a quarterback. We'll see if that happens. Maybe we'll be number one again. And we'll get Caleb out of USC. Maybe he'll want to come play with DJ Moore. <laughs> I, I <laughs> think that's going to Arizona, a... but Maybe we can pull a Philip Rivers uh, Eli thing or something.
0: I don't know. I think we can probably talk about... That'll be a good topic to talk about um, next week. Um, the Bears did... The Bears were somewhat in it. Uh, it was 17-20. And... That just... <laughs> it's just that play that we didn't even... <laughs> God, I just thinking about it. I don't even wanna get in there, but um the Bears are now oh and two. They have essentially secured last place in the division. Um Minnesota has the upper hand because they scored one more touchdown than us, so they're above Minnesota. Sadly, the cent- the NFC North is still open. Uh Green Bay and Detroit both lost and we'll see what happens. So on that note, please remember to follow us on uh Twitter or what we call now X at trio positivity. We're also on Facebook at the trio positivity um podcast. Uh this will be released after every Bears game. Where we'll try to get some recaps in and our normal episodes get released on Thursday. So with that, we have Miller on one side. I am CJ. Thank you guys so much, and we're gonna keep the tradition. Um, it's it's sad violin going could into be like three. this one for a while. Could be yeah. like this for a while. Let's see what Monday Monday morning quarterbacking goes. I wish you all the best. Thank you guys for hanging out. Appreciate it. Take care.
1: Bye bye.